teams, rodeo, FFA, 4-H, and more. You'll be offered a competitive wage depending on your experience with an opportunity for advancement and training. Contact Jim or Brenda at Truebill Builders, 752-0631, or email truebilljobs at vcn.com. The Y.O. Performing Arts and Education Center welcomes Grammy Award-winning artist Larry Mitchell to the Y.O. stage Friday, May 20th at 7.30 p.m. Larry Mitchell has toured the world playing with well-known artists Tracy Chapman, Billy Squire, and Rick Ocasek. Opening for Larry at the Y.O. will be local band Roland Sevens. Tickets for Larry Mitchell are available now at the Y.O. Theater box office or online at yotheater.com. Larry Mitchell, Friday, May 20th at the Y.O. Theater. The office supply department continues to expand at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Need office supplies? We're here to help. We're adding more in-stock items all the time. You can also go online to SheridanCommercial.com and view over 42,000 office supply items that you can have delivered to your office or to our store. We'll even deliver them. SheridanCommercial.com is an office supply mega website. The Sheridan Commercial Company office supply department inside at 303. Broadway or online at SheridanCommercial.com. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real. It may be happening to you. It ended up being a lot every month. These are the voices of frustration. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope for millions of people. There's radio. Radio? Radio with zero down and zero per month. Radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want when you want it for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connection required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Shh, don't speak. When you listen to a Sheridan Media radio station, you'll never need that. This is so wonderful. <laughs> yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. I could use a hug. <laughs> it's radio. No subscription required. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. And good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. And joining me this morning is Lieutenant Eric Jorgensen from the Wyoming Highway Patrol. Good morning, LT. How are you? I'm good, Floyd. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Now, uh, the season to see your state of Wyoming has arrived, and many others will be on their way here 
quite shortly. If you and your clan are taking a long road trip this year, and many of us are, we've got some things to remember that can help make that trip a little more enjoyable. And the first tip, LT, is plan ahead. Uh, pretty simple. Know your route. You would, yeah. You would hope that that's people know exactly where they're coming from and where they're going to. Yeah. And, and at least let's look at a map or a map on your phone before you leave, instead of just entering a destination in your phone and saying go. Um, do a little research. Research what your route has to one to offer. Are there things that are really cool to see along the way? So do that. But then also research, is there going to be something that's going to cause me a delay? Um, I think about right now the Wind River Canyon. They're doing two different construction projects with a rock slide and some other stuff there that they're advertising 30-minute waits Holy um, for construction projects. So we don't have anything like that locally here close by, but know those things. Look, look and see um, what's out there, what is going to cause me to slow down, and then plan. When you know, hey, this is coming up, hey, everybody, hop out of the car. We're going to go to the bathroom before we hit this 30-minute wait. So we're not bouncing up and down in the car going, i got to go to the bathroom on the side of the road, right? So, <laughs> yeah, every hour. For every, some, hour. every hour. Yep, yep, exactly. So plan ahead is vital. Um, make sure that you know where you're going, um, what your route is, and if you have to take an alternate route, if there's some reason that a detour does come up, um, if you don't have to go through the canyon and you're like, hey, we can actually shoot up to Buffalo and jump up over the mountain instead of going around through Shoshone. A beautiful scenic route, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so check out where you're going. Make sure that you're planning that ahead. And, and I say that for Wyoming, but there's different apps. There's different um, methods of gaining that information. Um, if you just hop online, do a little research, you can find out what's going on. If you're going through South Dakota, if you're going through Montana, if you're going through Idaho, I mean, there's... The surrounding states that we have as you're traveling from the Sheridan Buffalo area out to use those resources. Now, the next one, get enough sleep before driving. Now, that one sounds easy enough, but I imagine this is something that you see quite a bit. Uh, uh, drowsiness on the road. Even even myself, I've, I've had to pull over. Uh, when I was with the National Guard, I had to go across the state quite a few times from uh, Star Valley down into Laramie over to Cheyenne. I mean, there's a lot of travel involved. And I would have to stop frequently, uh, you know, get something cold to drink and, and walk around the car, uh, wake myself up. You see that a lot out there? Oh, yeah. Um, what I see, and, and I'll be honest, my family, or we fall victim to it all the time as well, is we get everything planned or put together the night before. So we're loading the car, we're getting as much put together as we can the night before so that we can get up early, early that morning to get on the road. So that way that start of the trip is right away first thing in the morning. Well, that usually means that dad's up till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, getting stuff put in, make, getting working on my Tetris game the best I can. <laughs> the car. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, the alarm's going off at 4.30 in the morning to hey, we're hitting the road because we wanted to get on the road early. So um, let's let's not do that. I, and I, I'm a victim of that myself. I definitely put myself in those situations. But, again, let's, let's plan accordingly and let's try and make sure that we get the rest that we need. Um, too many times people have lost lives on our highways here in Wyoming because of a lack of sleep. And um, if it does turn out to be one of those things where you do not get the sleep that you know you need, do exactly like what Floyd said. As soon as you start to see 
feel a little drowsiness. Pull over, walk around your car. I've I've seen people do jumping jacks in front of their car. It works. I've seen people run around their cars. I'm like, is everything okay? Just trying to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for pulling over. I appreciate it. So yeah. We may stop and check on you because it's not every day you see somebody running around your, their car. You're a little worried, but we're going to stop and say hi. Um, but to know that that's all you're doing is just catching your breath, getting a little blood flow back to your extremities and um, waking up the senses. Uh, we're going to be pretty glad that you did that. I think it's funny that you brought up jumping jacks because I have been that guy. <laughs> standing out there in the freeway, pulled off to the side of the road at a rest stop, just doing jumping jacks in uniform. I'm sure everyone thought, wow, he's dedicated. He's dedicated. <laughs> he's dedicated. He's dedicated. Test coming. That's what they were thinking. Now, uh, let's see. We've uh, It brings us to the next tip. Make those frequent stops. LT, this helps us do all kinds of things. Get woke up or reorient ourselves. Kind of pull ourselves out of that that zone that we get into, uh, and I, I, I know a lot of people out there like myself, driven a lot of hours, you tend to just get into a zone and go, don't mm-hmm. you? Oh, yeah. Uh, so making frequent stops. Yeah, so today, um, this afternoon, I'm headed to Cheyenne. I've got to go to Cheyenne for the next three days. I'll be down there. And knowing that it's a four-and-a-half-hour drive from Sheridan to Cheyenne, um, I always stop in Casper. I always stop in Casper, get out, get fuel, walk around my car for a little bit, and I've got a lot of things that keep me looking at the road and paying attention. There's a radio that's talking to me all the time. There's um, traffic that's going by that I'm paying attention to, stopping and checking on other vehicles. But I still make sure that I always stop in Casper, get out, walk around, stretch my legs. So, um, yeah, for sure, when you're traveling across the road, don't don't push it. Um, that's I love the fact that Independence Rock Rest Area is where it's at between Casper and Rawlins. <laughs> that's a good one, isn't it? We stop there frequently. That's a stop that... We'll get out. My sister lives um, in south-central Wyoming, and so we'll run down there and go see them. And It's about a five-and-a-half-hour drive, and we, we're always stopping at Independence Rock to walk around and stretch our legs, get blood flowing again, and uh, just kind of makes it makes the trip a little more comfortable. You don't get out of your car and have near as much hip pain. That's the way I look at it, right? If I get out and walk around enough, my hips don't get near as sore. That's something that I've noticed, too. Uh, my daughter and, and her mom live down in Greeley. It's about a five-and-a-half-hour trip as mm-hmm. well. And I've got my favorite spots. You know, I've done it so many times. Uh, I've got my favorite areas where I like to stop, get out. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go grab a drink in this place and, mm-hmm. and, and walk around the car a little bit. Plus, uh, you know, we've got dogs now. And, and oh, that's boy. like a required stop. They've yes. got They've got to go even more often than kids. Uh, believe it or not. Now, uh, play games to stay alert. I, I think everybody who's done a road trip with their parents uh, in the 70s, 80s, and probably even into the 90s, we all know the alphabet game. I think everyone's oh, yeah. played it at least once. Uh, what other games do you guys like to play on the road? So the alphabet game is definitely number one. Um, sometimes those signs get a little few and far. <laughs> you like, can never I find need, the cue. I need something. <laughs> I, need something. I look for, I look for a um, extinguisher on the side of semis. That's always one that I'm hunting for, right? Um, but we do we play that a lot. We'll play hangman. So my wife will come up with different words and my daughter will come up with different words and they're the ones that are writing it down. So we'll play hangman just to think about different stuff. And, um, so we'll play that game. Um, we played the, the color game to see how many different, like you would pick a color and then however many different colors of that vehicle. And your goal was to try and have the most of that color. Oh, so it's like an observation game. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you 
okay, I'm going to get every white car. So we usually say white is not allowed, um, especially with the oil field coming back, right? We have a lot of <laughs> those trucks. Wyoming, yeah. so, so we usually say, hey, no white, no white. You can't use white. That's cheating. <laughs> so, But you pick a color, and then you try and see who can get the most of that color. Um, we'll also do the license plate game. Um, that's a fun one, especially if you're down on I-80 running across the state, to just see how many different states of license plates run through the state of Wyoming. And it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's pretty impressive the number of people that travel through the state of Wyoming from other states in our nation. I've seen Alaska, yep, which really blew my mind. I didn't, you know, I thought, geez, you'd fly down here and rent a car. You would think, but, man. Maybe that's a heck of a trek, isn't it? That's a trek. One thing that I like to do, and I'm sure it doesn't keep my daughter awake very much, <laughs> I, 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 I'll I tell her, hey, you know, this happened here. Or we'll pass by a road, and I'll be like, you know, you drive up there, and this battle occurred. And, oh, cool. and now I can, I can say that I'm pretty sure she's bored by it. Because that's what my father always did, mm -hmm. except my dad. And we'll talk about this here in a little bit. Uh, he was the detour king. Oh, man. Uh, dad was a trucker in the 70s, and so he's not big on the interstate. No. He's like, you know, I know an old, an old highway. We'll, we'll take this road instead. And all of a sudden, we're off on some crazy road, and he's teaching me this cabin was used by this guy over 150 years ago. You know, And it's just amazing to him, which... The older I got, mm -hmm. the more amazing it was for me. Yeah. So that brings us to our next tip. Take a detour and explore something new. Man, if you guys have never, if you guys have never heard of geocaching, geocaching is a really cool thing that's out there. Just look it up. Google geocaching if you've never, if you've never heard of it. Um, but that what a, what a way to make you take detours because people will hide little trinkets um, and they mark GPS coordinates of them and give you little hints about where to find them. Um, I know of businesses here in Sheridan that have geocaching stuff that people have asked, you know, can we set up something outside your door? Um, so oh, wow. what a fun way to travel when you have to go across, if you if you don't have to hurry on, in your travel. Yeah, no deadline. Yeah, no deadlines or anything like that. And so check out geocaching. It's really cool, and it's a fun, talk about an adventure, like a little treasure hunt type type uh, game that you get to play while you're traveling down the road. You know, I never, I didn't even think about that, but in college, uh, gosh, so many of my friends were into that. And and this was before we had, like, tracking on phones. We still had the old flip phones around around this time. And they would use their GPSs, and, and they'd just get online, and they'd get these, uh, a list of coordinates, and then we'd go out to various locations around Laramie and, and go geocaching. And you'd find, like, little... Tin boxes that people buried. Yep. All you're supposed to do is like sign your name and put the thing back in there, and and it's just it's a really amazing way to see something that you wouldn't have gone and seen on your own. Exactly. Exactly. I think whoever whoever came up with the idea of it is brilliant, and uh, I love the idea of it because it is. I'm a. We just watched a treasure hunting movie last night. Um, Uncharted was a new movie that my wife and daughter were telling me about, and I said, "Yeah, let's watch it." And it's really kind of cool. That adventure is <laughs> like, let's go check things out and explore new areas. Like, that's, I'm all about it. That's why I love the Bighorn Mountains, right? Oh, yeah. You get to go explore all over the place up there. So. And you'd probably be really surprised how many individuals have buried something in mm -hmm. this area that mm -hmm. you can go out and find. 
And yeah. uh, it just gives you a reason to make that detour. Now, this is something else that I did in college. Uh, I used to burn CDs labeled Road Trip 1, Road Trip 2. Uh, lots of guns and roses, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> lots of guns and roses. Uh, make a road trip playlist. Yeah, so definitely I think we're we're aging ourselves when we talk about <laughs> yeah. burning CDs and cassettes as we're traveling down the road. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I had the same thing. I went to college in Omaha, so driving from – Grable, Wyoming to Omaha, Ooh. Nebraska is a 12 and a half hour drive one way, and I would do it nonstop. So I had for sure some some mixtape. <laughs> Definitely the um, my girlfriend's mixtape. So you'd listen to that one, and then yeah, you'd be the I need to stay awake mixtape. Yeah, throw that one in there. Yeah, but now we have the beauty of all the different technology that we have on our phones that we can build those playlists. And um, yeah, my my daughter. Got me hooked up with Spotify. And oh, nice! So I have Spotify and Apple Music now that I use, and um, it's. I feel like I'm getting a little hipper. <laughs> piece by piece, right? We'll we'll be cool again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, my 15 year old would just shake your head. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so use it absolutely. You can create a whole lot of fun playlists doing that. Um, podcasts are another good thing that. Oh yeah. That we didn't have when we were younger. Yep. Right? Um, but I listen to podcasts a lot too. Um, I was listening to, you can listen to books on tape. I was listening to the Rough Riders, Theodore Roosevelt, the Rough Riders. Um, I was listening to that on YouTube driving down the road. I used to stop at truck stops and go in and spend like the 50 bucks for these murder mystery, uh, novels, you know, and, and, uh, it's set of like six CDs and, and I would listen to those constantly. Uh, and there was a lot of great history books out there that you can do that with as well. And it's extremely interesting to, to do the book on tape. And, uh, that's something, you know, I think I'm going to bring it back. I think I'm going to go and, uh, pick, dig out my old books yes. on tape and use it for the next trip. Yes. Now, uh, some other great tips that will help you on your long road trip. Uh, you can create a budget for your car. Uh, you can prepare your car properly uh, that includes make sure that your oil is changed, your tires good, and your spare tire is good. Always make sure you've got that jack in there somewhere. That is something that a lot of people do forget, believe it or not, mm -hmm. especially nowadays. Uh, yeah. A lot of folks uh, or, or might not even know where it is in the car. They're doing a great job of hiding those things. I have helped someone on the road find out where their own jack is in their car. <laughs> I have done that. That's awesome. And it's always, of course, buried under mm -hmm. everything that they have in the trunk. All right. Now, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, real quick, an emergency kit. LT, uh, what should go into the emergency kit? So I want to touch on real quick the spare tire thing because I think you, you hit something really well there. Make sure you know where your spare tire is. Make sure you know how to get it out and make sure you know how to use it. Um, yeah, yeah. That is, that is super important. Um, if you don't know how to change the tire on the vehicle before you leave um, – Let's make sure we do that. And with the budget thing, prepare for – it's always one of those prepare for the worst, um, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. So prepare for the fact that you might have to pay for a tow bill at midnight uh, yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. And think about those things. Know that, hey, on top of my fuel, and we were just talking diesel's $5.45 a gallon right now. Like, Make sure that you're aware of what it's going to cost – for you to travel across there and then throw in those added, hey, if I have to pay for a tow truck in the middle of the night, 
what's that going to cost me? And it's not going to strand me somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So make sure you have that stuff. But with the emergency kit, um, cell phone charger, we were just talking about communication. So make sure you have that cell phone charger in there. Make sure that all of your tools to make repairs on your vehicle um, work. So I keep a couple extra fuses um, if I have a fuse that blows. Um, make sure you have that. It would be really difficult to not be able to see your dash lights because a fuse blew yep. and you're trying to drive around at night, right? So make sure you have that. Um, as always, you and I have talked about this numerous times, non-perishable food, water, that's that's essential. Make sure you have that. A blanket to stay warm. Um, in the summertime, you can throw a heavy blanket over three, four of you, and you can stay fairly comfortable throughout the night um, just about anywhere in the state of Wyoming um, inside your car. Don't run your vehicle if you become stranded again too. Don't run your vehicle all night long just keeping it running. Run it for a little bit to warm up and then shut it back off. Run it for a little bit to warm up and then shut it back off. Don't run it entire the entire time. Conserve that fuel a little bit as well. Um, part of that emergency kit too though, a multi-tool. It's incredible what you can do, right? MacGyver would have loved to have had one. Absolutely. Of those day, yeah. Think right? about the lives he could have saved with yes. that. So a multi-tool. Keep that in your emergency kit. That doesn't take up a whole lot of space either. Um, and, I mean, you've got screwdrivers. You've got pliers. You've got all sorts of stuff that's in there. A knife. Um, and I keep, uh, this is my MacGyver thing too, Gorilla Tape. You can fix a lot of things with Gorilla Tape. Um, I've repaired radiator hoses with Gorilla Tape. Um, you can do a lot with Gorilla Tape. Wow. It's pretty powerful. So um, it takes a lot of layers, but you can do it. Um, we got a vehicle off the mountain with Gorilla Tape. So How cool is that? Yeah. yeah. So you can do it. When I was in the um, service, we everyone used to keep a little roll of wire okay. on their LBE all the time. Yep. Just in case. Yep. So, I mean, all of those things. And all of that stuff, it sounds like a lot, but as you start to compress it down, it's really not a ton of stuff. And then I always keep a first aid kit. We have, you can go down to Sportsman's Warehouse or Walmart and buy a little first aid kit for 20 bucks. It's going to have some compression bandages in it, um, some Band-Aids, a little quick clot. So in case something happens, you're trying to work on your car and you slice your hand, you know, hey, that, that would be nice to have something to clean up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, um, real quick, believe it or not, we're kind of running out of time here. Um Tell us about local construction projects. Uh, give us an update. Man, we just enjoyed our travel. We did. We just it, it was great. I tell you what, local <laughs> projects. So local projects here. We've got three important ones that I was asked to pass along to everybody. Um, Ranchester Bridge closures start tomorrow night, so be aware of those detours. They're published all over the place. You guys have put them online for us. Thank you for that. Um, so look at the um, Wyoming Department of Transportation District Four website as well. That'll be on there, so make sure you know where the detours are coming in and out of Ranchester at night. Those start tomorrow night. Um, we're paving out in U-Cross, so U-Cross paving, that's going to slow operations or slow travel with those operations going on with the paving. So out by U-Cross, we're starting to pave now. And um, 5th Street Stoplight, that 5th Street and Sheridan Avenue Stoplight should be operational within about 10 days. So About a week and a half, and we're going to have a light ready to go. We'll have a light ready to go. Fantastic. And, and uh, folks, uh, every single construction site, just make sure that you are being patient. Um, just real quick, LT, uh, uh, patience is something that you said is, is, is kind of the, the factor that defeats so many individuals out there on the road, construction sites, snowstorms, things like that, right? Oh, man, yeah. That just It's incredible if you just take a big, deep breath. And go, is it really is it really worth it at this point in my life? And 
to just take those steps to be patient. We dealt with it a lot with this last bad snowstorm that we had to kind of end our snow season. Um, just slow down. Nothing is worth your life or the lives of other people that are out there trying to take care of you. So remember that. Exactly. All right. When we return, we're going to talk with the Jim Getchall Museum. LT, thank you so much for coming in this morning. All right. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share it in. isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. As a mom, wife, and proud Wyomingite, I don't want big government ruining our state. That's why I'm proud of Kurt Meyer, our state treasurer, who's kept his promise to fight for taxpayers, stop waste and abuse, and grow our public investment so the politicians can't claim they need to keep raising taxes and fees. With Kurt Meyer, our financial future is more secure. Go to KurtMeyerWyoming.com to help. I'm Kurt Meyer, and I approve this message. Join Sheridan Community Land Trust and Sheridan Media as we celebrate you at Trail Fest at Hendrick Park, Saturday, June 4th. Starting at 8 a.m., we'll have food trucks, 5K fun run, yoga, a kid's raffle race with prizes, activity booths, and even live music at 2.30. This free, family-friendly event is also where the Dead Sweet Bike Race starts and finishes. We've got all the events in this week's Country Bounty and online at SheridanCLT.org. Trail Fest, June 4th at Kendrick Park, brought to you in part by First Federal Bank and Trust. Remember that cowboy in the song, him and his horse looking for water, cool, clean water? Well, if that cowboy and Dan were here today, they'd just call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in water drilling and pumps, residential or ranch, repair or service. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for a 307 Wildcat Well Services ad in the country bounty. And you, too, will have cool, clean water. Water, water. At Frackleton's, we like to bring something new to the menu every few months, and it's that time again. So let's talk about one of our new dishes on our lunch menu. Frackleton's Beef Bacon BLT. Starts with Sackett's Beef Bacon, Swiss Cheese, Tomato, Red Onion, Pickle, Avocado, Lettuce, Garlic, Aioli, on Cibata, which is an Italian white bread. The best of the best out west. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits on Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Remember when your mom used to say, eat your cranberries or you'll get a bladder infection? Well, if you ignored her and now you're in trouble, well, you need the health-giving stuff you can only get at the health nut. Aisle after aisle of supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad, and smoothie bar, as well as a healthy grocery store and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy. Get healthy. And that all starts at the health nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. You don't have to wait for the weekend to have a garage sale. Look around. What do you have to sell? Take a picture. 
and put it for sale in the Country Bounty Photo Classifieds. It's fast, easy. Pictures really help your items sell, too. The Country Bounty is directly mailed to nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County. It gets results. Call the Country Bounty today, 674-4312, or email countrybounty at sheridanmedia.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. For the second part of the show, I am joined by the Jim Getchall Museum Director, Sylvia Bruner, and Museum Board Treasurer, Sharon Miller. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Floyd. Now, first off, thank you for making the drive over from Buffalo. It's a beautiful day to do it. Uh, The fields are finally going green. I love to see it. This is my favorite time of year. Spring is my favorite time of year. Unfortunately, it's extremely short. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a nanosecond in uh, yeah. Wyoming. Yeah. I think I think uh, by June, mid June, where all those beautiful green fields are going to start going to that brown, yellowish color, mm-hmm. and that that always ends up breaking my heart. So, how are you girls doing? How's the museum? Uh, doing well. Yeah. Individually and the museum, museum's trucking along. Yeah, trucking along. Yeah. Very healthy, despite all the. COVID difficulties, we've been doing well. Budget downs, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, We've got a really good team in place between governing board and staff and volunteers and um, a lot of imagination not only to develop new programs and things that are, you know, the purpose of why the museum exists, but also that imagination has helped us to bring in revenue from store sales and admissions and all the other ways, you know, grants, et cetera, so... We're doing okay. Good. And we're seeing visitor picking up, too. Um, It it looks like we're going to have a good tourist season, we're predicting. We're already seeing lots of -of out-of-state license plates and visitors to the museum. Now that everything, the COVID's kind of all calmed the heck down uh, to the point where people are starting to feel a heck of a lot more about uh, comfortable about traveling. Yes, it's Uh, true. I'm hoping that this year's tourist season there in Buffalo just skyrocket. I think it's going to be good. I mean, Yellowstone is also having its 150th anniversary, so I think we're going to see a lot of people coming to the area for Yellowstone and um, all of the regions around it benefit from that as well. So, And we're going to have a Longmire Days this year, so that's yeah. going to definitely... That's a huge one, isn't it? It's a big it? deal. That's, that's yeah. a big deal over there. <laughs> uh, and it's good to know that the, that didn't falter off, or at least we don't know if it has as of yet, I guess. But I think uh, we're going to still see as many folks return. I think it's going to be a successful one just because, you know, there was a lot of excitement last year when it was supposed to be an in-person event again. And to me, obviously I'm not one of the organizers, so I don't deal with all of the people. But from what I see in kind of the public realm is fans of the show and and the books they were really excited, then they were disappointed, but they also understood it. Mm-hmm. Another smart people. Um, so I have a feeling there's going to be just a big kind of rejuvenation of, like, yeah, we're going to come and we're going to make this happen. So it could be even bigger. I like that word, a rejuvenation of it. Uh, I didn't get to go last year, so dang it, I'm going to yeah, make it this exactly. year. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, those fans. Yeah, they're pretty avid. <laughs> yeah, it's a dedicated set of fans. I understand where the word fanatic comes from now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's it's like Comic Con for Longmire. Right. And we I've heard um, that we're going to have the actors attending this year, so that's going to make the drive even oh, bigger. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Bring them all back. I would love mm-hmm. to see them again. So for those who may not know, um, 
Can you tell us just a little bit about what the Jim Getchall Museum is? Uh, I don't have you guys on the show a lot, so I'd love for people to know who and what you are. Uh, So the museum opened in 1957, named after Jim Getchall. He was a Buffalo resident who was a pharmacist, um, veterinarian, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and from everything we have found, an all-around good guy, truly. Um, He and his wife, Ursula, who was from Bighorn, they raised three daughters, Genevieve, Claire, and Thelma. Thelma. And uh, I swear somewhere I read or I found a picture that said that he had a beer garden in his backyard, but I haven't need to <laughs> No that. confirmation on yeah, that as of yet. We need to verify that. <laughs> Maybe do. Yeah. Um, so he opened his pharmacy in 1900 on Buffalo's Main Street downtown, and was the pharmacy was the staple of the community forever and ever and ever. And his son-in-law and one of his daughters, Claire, actually continued to run it into the 80s after he had died in the 50s. Um, so they were just really influential within the community. Jim also, I think, had a very soft heart. There's a ton of stories and documents and letters and things within the museum from people that when they needed help and they reached out to Jim, he did. He helped in whatever way he could. Um, you know, one example is that he was a Spanish-American war veteran, although he never ended up leaving the um, continuous United States. He made it to Florida, and then the war had basically ended at that point. But on the way there, there was a pretty horrible train accident with a bunch of troops on board, and a lot of men were hurt. And I think some were killed, but I don't remember that for sure. Years later, these men were needing health care from the injuries they had sustained in that accident. And the military wasn't doing a good job. Long before the VA. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so they they were reaching out to people, and they kind of needed like a verification that the injuries they had sustained actually happened during that accident, sort of on military time, so that they could get some help. And we've got all these letters of all these guys writing to Jim saying, hey, will you please vouch for me? And it seems like he wrote everybody. Wow. Yeah, that's just one example of just the guy who was. And he got interested in history. He started collecting items. People started giving him items because he was displaying them in the back room of his drugstore. Um, I've, I've always found this funny. He had so much stuff by a certain point that he decided to expand the drugstore and build on. For his for stuff. His little, uh-huh. <laughs> and when they did that, they found... I think it was a rusty old knife, but basically an artifact when they dug out for the construction. And he ended up finding yeah, more that, stuff. That That's in the <laughs> so the basis of the museum, you know, it's he's the namesake, and the actual base collection was his. And it's somewhere around, I don't know, 1,100 items. Uh, now when you look in the database, which Sharon is very familiar with, she spends a lot of time working doing data entry, and there's over 40,000 records. Wow. It's grown exponentially. Now, are you still getting items? Do people still bring you stuff? Yep, people Uh, do. Um, We have to really consider what we do accept into the collection carefully, and we are just like every other museum out there. Um, Space is limited. Yeah. You You have a finite number of rooms to store things, cases to exhibit them, so you have to know that you're going to use it, that you can ethically take care of it, um, if something comes in and it's in such terrible condition, can you afford to have conservation work done on it, that kind of thing? So there's a committee of people that decide what's actually accessioned and how to use it. 
You might talk about the Paul Hayworth donation that was that we are working on now. Yeah, it's been an ongoing one. Um, so the the Hayworth family, they're actually descendants of Jim through Claire, the pharmacist's daughter, and they had a pretty large. I think it's thirteen boxes. Fourteen boxes. Like banker boxes of mm-hmm. stuff, mostly documents and photographs, but some memorabilia um, type items as well. And those came into the museum a few years ago, and it just—it's a time-consuming process because you have to physically catalog every single thing, and then that information you've captured on paper then goes into the database, and then a photograph, digital image, should be taken of the item too. That goes in the database. Um, we're pretty repetitive in the museum world, and there's, I think, good reason for that. God forbid the database crashes. It did once on me years ago, and I cried a lot. Um, oh, man. You know, you've got to regenerate that information. You want it in the database so that researchers, whether it's in-house or external, can actually figure out what you've got in the museum. And then we keep the paper copies, too, and those go in a file cabinet in that if situation. The database crashes, you can theoretically re-enter it. Head to the hard copy. Yeah. yeah yes. Exactly. And, you know, you're trying to capture information about the item that is useful for historical research, but also so that you can tell if you're appropriately taking care of it. Um, so, like, if something comes in and it's got rubber and it's a little cracked when you've accessioned it and then in five years it's really cracked, you know your environmental conditions are probably accelerating the rate of deterioration. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives you some ways to check on how the collection is actually being preserved because that is a part of the mission of a museum, too, is not only the active use and display but also the preservation for future use and display. And how do you balance all that, especially in a state like Wyoming where we've got like 11% relative humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you guys ever shut down and do like a big deep clean over the winter or anything like that? You do. We do. We do in February usually. It's our slowest month. Um, We tend to make a giant mess before we do the deep clean. But it's when we work on exhibits. I mean, we do work on exhibits throughout the year as well, but when we can really kind of dive into it and make a mess and have extension cords running around and all that kind of thing. So yeah. Do, how, how long does it your, your shutdown usually last? We, we usually just shut down for the month of February. And there you go. And then whole month to get everything done and change out displays? We try. We did an interesting project when we shut down this February where we took some of the um, Native American artifacts that belong to the Northern Cheyenne and set up a basically a photographic studio in the Native American gallery and did some professional photography. Oh, wow. And hopefully that'll be a book that we can um, share with the owners of that material someday. But it was that was a really fun project, and we actually included some um, teenagers, high school students, to help, like, intern intern children who um, worked at the museum to help with that project, which was a really fun experience for them. Oh, yeah, and something that they can put on their resume for for later on in life. i got to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will continue with the Jim Getchell Museum. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM.
Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Staying on top of your tax and accounting records doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm Karen Green. Harker Mellinger has been providing professional solutions and outstanding value for over 30 years. Whether you are interested in QuickBooks consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Harker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. This September, Keno is going to be Wyoming's hottest draw game. That's right. Wild Auto is bringing Keno to town, and they're onboarding new retailers all summer long. What's so great about Keno? People love to play. It's fun, low-cost entertainment for everyone 18 and older. Selling Keno is a proven way to lift your business, attract new customers, Rake in bigger tabs and tap into new revenue year over year. Join Wild Auto for a free info session Tuesday, May 17th at 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. in Sheridan at the former public library on West Alger. That's Tuesday, May 17th. No reservations required. They'll answer your questions and talk about how Kino can boost your bottom line. Learn more and start your Kino retailer application at wildauto.com slash retailers. That's wildlotto.com slash Kino Retailers. It's the captain here with Captain Clean. There's no better way to freshen up after winter than to have your carpets professionally cleaned. Nobody has more experience cleaning carpets than Captain Clean. Always free estimates, 100% safe. Just call the captain today to schedule your next carpet cleaning. Captain Clean, 672-0726. Affordable options for healthy living. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. We've had to move Sylvia, and I am, uh, I'm, I'm here with uh, Jim Getchell Museum Director Sylvia Bruner and Museum Board Treasurer Sharon Miller. Uh, we've had a microphone problem, so if you're streaming us online, Syl- you can see Sylvia's arm. There she goes. She just gave you a <laughs> wave, but uh, she is still in the room. We're talking about the Jim Getchell Museum over in Buffalo. Uh, it was the first building I went into in Buffalo, uh, and I can remember that. it was. Uh, I was standing outside uh, admiring that statue, Nate Champion, mm-hmm. that you have, when uh, Vinny came up to me and he said, do you know who that is? And I said, no. And he told me the story about Nate Champion, and he said, you know, if you're new to town, you should just walk right in there and, and visit. And so that's what I did. My first day in Buffalo, I walked into the Jim Getchall Museum, and you guys were absolutely fantastic to me, Sylvia. Okay. 
So uh, we should be. We should. T- <laughs> I, I met I met Vinny, and then I met you, and uh, you gave me uh, uh, the free tour because I was uh, a re- new reporter. Right. And uh, that's when I learned about all kinds of things that have gone on in Buffalo, and to include when uh, it was painted red due to a fire over there. And some of the old, <laughs> some of the folks who were around in the '80s can remember that. But speaking of events and uh, uh, new exhibits that are going on down there, tell me about Cowpuncher with uh, Western artist Jesse Winiger. 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 Okay. What is this? Oh, had to do a cough. That's all right. <laughs> Got to clear it out. So Jesse Weininger is a a name that a lot of regional people might recognize. Um, he was a local, and his family. I'm trying to remember when they came to the area, but he was born here. Gosh, I'm having an absolutely space cadet moment here in memory for dates. Jen's gonna kill me when I get back, but. Um, <laughs> He had to have been born in the late 1800s because he went to the Chicago Art Institute around the same time that Verna Keys oh, did, wow. the woman yeah. who designed the state flag. Um, but he didn't graduate. He quit. And this just makes me chuckle. He said that uh, when he was at the college, they wanted him to do things like draw busts of people like George Washington. And he would rather draw cowpunchers and people he knew. Yeah, And he didn't really see the point, I guess, in sticking around much longer. So he returned home, and he continued with his art. Um, and he lived life working as a cowpuncher, basically. Um, excuse me, and that is the title of the exhibit. So he, he's a really talented guy. And I also I have learned this because, you know, we've got Kelsey McDonald, who's a professional artist working at the museum. Um not to just say that people have talent. That kind of implies that, oh, they're just born with it, and it's this ability. Right, right. Yeah, something that just showed up. No, right? these folks work hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They put time and practice. It's like my violin teacher used to say, practice, practice, practice. So, you know, I want to make sure that I am acknowledging not only did this guy have a talent, yes, but he also put in a lot of time in his art, and it's beautiful. Um, so we have a couple of pieces in the museum collection and trying to kind of piece together information about some of the pen and inks we have of his. He was alive still when the museum opened. And I think he actually commissioned these specifically for the museum and maybe even sold some of his artwork within the museum back in the 50s. Um, I'm not positive about that. Kind of pieced that together from like meeting minutes where the board was discussing this type of subject. So we've got a couple that I think are... I mean, they're obviously originals, but I think they're the only ones, you know. With Literally them. one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And then we've got two paintings. One is a normal-sized painting of a cowboy on a horse in a snowstorm with some cows kind of trailing behind him. It's pretty bleak. You really pick up on how cold and nasty it is in that image. And then the other one is this really large panoramic of like a roundup setting. So there's a check wagon, and you've got, like, horses corralled up, et cetera. That one just came to the museum a couple of years ago. It was donated. It's a really cool scene as well. And then the rest of the items that are on display have all been borrowed from other folks in the region that own these, you know, privately, and they've all loaned them to the museum for the display. Um, what I thought was really interesting to see, too, is there's a couple of examples from his art when he was starting, 
and then all the way through the progression. So you can see you him can develop. See, that is yeah, amazing. You can very clearly see how well he developed with his artwork. I'd just like to interject that um, Jesse is an important artist of the area. He's been gone for a while now, and I think he was beginning to be somewhat forgotten or not recognized as much as he deserved to be in our yeah. community. And so when we decided to showcase his artwork based on the few pieces that we had, um, Jennifer Romanowski, our educator at the museum, started doing research and found living family members, descendants. Mm -hmm. And now we have a history of this man, and we can talk about his life and how he grew up and how he came to be an artist and how he was the cow, cow puncher in the area, and we found other pieces of his art in the community. And we've brought all of that together in an art exhibit, but also an exhibit about his life. So you can come learn more about Jesse Weinegar at the museum. And it's a, it's a really beautiful exhibit. It's worth a visit to the museum just to see it. How fun is that? Uh, to to discover something that everyone used to know about, um, but then have to piece the history of it all together. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, that would probably be the highlight of working at the museum is now I, I need you to is. go it, find yes, it. it certainly yeah. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Discoveries like that are very exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could tell Jen was really, really getting into it as well. So she really spearheaded this exhibit and put it together. And um, I think, you know, for me, and I think probably for Jen as well, the real aha moments are when you get photographs of somebody. And we had not seen a photograph of Jesse. Oh, wow. And, you know, he yeah. wasn't that old, so you know they exist, but we just couldn't seem to run them down for the longest time. And then Jen made a connection with one of his granddaughters or great-granddaughters, and she's got family photo albums. She brought in all of these pictures, and it was just that, like, it brings the them totally thing. to life. Aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've only got about uh, a minute and a half left, uh, but you've got some events coming up. We uh, do. Uh, just tell me about those events real quick, a minute and a half. Tell me okay. when they're happening. Living History Day, June June 20-something. Hang on. I think it's the 25th. It's the Saturday. Um, checking my calendar to make sure I don't give people the wrong date. That's one of our yearly events. It is the 25th. June so, 25th. All kinds of activities, free admission all day long. If we get, um, you know, rained out or anything, you can still come through the museum for free. So come join us that day. We've also got our Wine About History events, the third Wednesday of June, July, and August. Those are going to be really fun topics. We're still working out some of the logistics on getting the actual program set up. But we've got um, Lindley Mayer coming for one of the programs. She is kind of new to the region. She works out of Fort Fulkerney Trail End and Keyhole Reservoir. So she works for state parks and historic sites. Um, she's going to be doing a presentation. We have a gentleman coming in August from the Buffalo Bill Center of the West, and he's doing a presentation about firearms, specifically within, like, um, movies, TV, and that's right in that Longmire Day week. So it's going to tie into the Longmire TV show and the firearms used in that. I'm really excited for that one. All right. Uh, I've run out of time. I'm sorry. It's That's great okay. to have you. Ladies, thanks for coming over and talking to me about the Jim Getchall Museum. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. There it is. Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Elison Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track no matter what surprises come your way. 
To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Checks continue to be the subject of more fraud than any other form of payment. First Federal Bank and Trust will help you stay one step ahead with positive pay for business. Our positive pay service detects fraudulent checks early and prevents them from being paid. We believe in avoiding the hassle of check fraud investigations so you can focus on the best parts of your business. Contact Kim Wells, First Federal's cash management officer, to get started with positive pay today. First Federal Bank and Trust, your partner in success member FDIC. I'm talking with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. Spring fever is in the air and it's time to dust off the cobwebs and get those toys ready for the mountain. Okay, I'm in. After sitting all winter, it's a good idea to change the fluids and make sure that your toys are ready before you head up the mountain. Or maybe you're shopping. Stop in and check out our inventory of Can-Am and Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. We'll help you find the one that's right for you. Sheridan Honda, your power sports headquarters. Stop in today. McDonald's restaurants in Sheridan and Buffalo are currently looking to fill part-time and full-time positions. The benefits include pay of up to $15 per hour. And even better, you can work today and get paid tomorrow. Benefits include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. If part-time works better, there are a variety of part-time positions that are extremely flexible. Apply today in person. McDonald's in Sheridan and Buffalo. Have you heard? VacuTech is now hiring assemblers, welders, installers, design drafters, engineers, and more with great opportunities for advancement. Working at VacuTech is much more than just a job, it's a career. VacuTech offers outstanding benefits, including comprehensive health, dental, vision coverage, matching 401k, paid time off, and referral bonuses, not to mention top-notch compensation. For more information and to apply, visit VacuTech's Open Opportunities page on their website at VacuTechLLC.com. Landon's Greenhouse is hosting a special Mother's Day sweepstakes at SheridanMedia.com. Do you want a chance to win one of three $100 gift cards to Landon's Greenhouse? All you have to do is go to SheridanMedia.com, click on that contest banner, and enter to win. You can submit an entry once a day now through May 10th with winners drawn on May 11th. Landon's Greenhouse Mother's Day sweepstakes. Get on and get in for a chance to win. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates and Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. K R O B Sheridan. 